1: Using pre-planned lines on dating apps to start conversation does not work generally for women because we have a sixth sense. We have like a sniff test. We can tell that those lines are maybe lines that you got from a YouTube pickup artist dude, or you even maybe came up with it on your own, but now you've used it for every single girl over and over and over. It's like that saying, Give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day or teach a man how to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. Give a man a pre-written line and he'll date for a day. Teach him how to banter and he'll date for a lifetime or maybe not a lifetime because you'll find the one right away and then you'll stop dating and you'll just be married, but you know what I mean. I am Kristen from KristenandChill.com and I am the banter queen. I teach guys how to charm more than just the socks off of women. And if you're struggling in conversation, if you're getting ghosted, if you're never hearing back, if you're never ever getting the results that you deserve, hit me up at kristenanchill.com
0: Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have Mindy Barnett on the show. She is A, a single woman, two, the host of Race for the Ring podcast. So she gets to talk to a lot of women about racing for the ring, which is very interesting. And three, I totally forget the other thing that we talked about, about being a bitch. She wrote a book about being a bitchy woman. We are going to cover all three of these topics, why women are bitchy how women in their 40s date, what they're looking for, what they like, what they don't like, and do women really race for that ring? So keep listening because we'll explain it all on this week's episode.
1: Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Ask Women podcast where you get all the info you need from actual women, not your dude friends. Marnie and I are here, of course, together. And we have Mindy Barnett on the show, who is the host of Race for the Ring podcast. Yes. And also the author of the book, You Don't Need to Be a Bitch to Be a Boss. So we're going to talk about so many things today because you're single, right? (laughs) Yes, I am. Very single. Awesome. So I'm excited to be here.
2: Thanks for having me, you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for
1: coming Thank you so
2: much
0: for continuing to want to speak with me. So I (laughs) have been on Mindy's podcast and Mindy has come onto my Facebook Live. I have not scared her away and she still wants to contribute information. So I'm very excited to have her here. So there's so many things and so many areas that we can cover with you because you are podcasting to lots and lots of women about racing for the ring, number one. Right, you talk right. to women about not being so bitchy, which means that you are very aware that women are quite bitchy quite often. And yes. you mm-hmm. yourself are single. So I've got three topics right now. I don't know which one I want to start with. I'm going to You leave just it pick up-
2: whatever one... What's your vote, Marnie, and go for it. I am an open book, literally, so go Let's right go ahead.
0: the bitchy one first, because that's okay. interesting, okay? Because I think a lot of men who are listening to this show could possibly agree, women are bitchy. Sometimes, they're bitchy. But we're bitchy to each other. We're bitchy not to ourselves. We're bitchy... Not Kristen, obviously. No. Kristen <laughs> is not a bitch. She has <laughs> many other things, but not Not yet. Mother. Not yeah. yet, exactly. As she walks away from her microphone right now. So, I don't think we've ever really... Doven into this topic of bitchiness and women. And I just want to riff on this for a little bit. Like, why are women bitchy? Why are women bitchy to men that they don't know? Why are they bitchy to other women what is that?
2: Uh, it's there's so many reasons and so much science. Marnie and Kristen, I could go on and on and on, like literally like I wrote a book about the topic. They However, I'll, I to hear. I'll sum it down. Like, it, Like, let's just take women versus women for a moment, shall we? Yes. Theoretically, we are in survival mode because we come from an era where, especially if you're talking about workplace stuff or what have you, like it's a very male-dominated environment still, even today. And the higher up you go in the world of corporate or anything in business, the less women there is going to be in the C-suite and on the ladder, so to speak. So women feel as though they need to knock each other down because there's only maybe two seats as opposed to say five seats for them to sit at. So they knock each other down to kind of like win the prize, so to speak. That's number one scenario. Is it right? Of course not. Because just because someone may not pick you doesn't mean they're not picking you because of the person behind you. You only compete with who you see in the mirror, but that's essentially where that mindset starts and basically thrives from, unfortunately. Women versus women and the sense of romance, it's kind of, we all like compare ourselves to other women, but we all do it. The three of us definitely are guilty of it as well as all of your listeners. Whether you're looking at someone, it doesn't necessarily have to be you're jealous or envious of someone's maybe boyfriend or lifestyle. It could be something stupid as like you like the shoes or they have a better hair day than you. Or maybe their husband's taking them on better trips or their boyfriend buying them better things. Or maybe they have a boyfriend and you don't. I mean, we all kind of can be guilty one way or the other for that. But then when you act out on it and you actually show your bitchy side, then you're actually being obviously the unfortunate bitch that we all try to avoid being and certainly don't want to befriend people that are in that space. And then overall, when they're bitchy to guys, I think we're, that women often like essentially make the mistake and they feel as though to be strong and to be heard and to be respected, they need to be a bitch and they need to come off tough and they need to come off stern and kind of demanding. and. That's gross. Like, I don't want a friend that's that way. I certainly... if I don't date women. But if I did, I wouldn't want to date a woman like that. I wouldn't date a guy like that. So that's just a mistake. You don't need to be that way. And my book kind of dives into some of that, which we don't need to really get into. But I'm just saying that is essentially kind of the myth behind the bitch and the facts behind the bitch. Yeah. Well, to me, it sounds like it all comes from a place of insecurity,
0: right? It does. It
2: absolutely does. It's all insecurity. It's how you were raised. It's setbacks that you've encountered along the way. It's you not feeling comfortable in your own skin. And there's a healthy way to compare. And then there's also an unhealthy way to compare in regards to like competing, quote unquote, with other women. So comparing apples to apples, fine. Like you could be used in a healthy way in the sense that might raise you up or you might look up to other women. I certainly do. And they give you like inspiration and kind of build a fire in amongst yourself and within yourself, I should say to be more. But then there's an unhealthy way to compare. And that's when you're like, she is that, why don't I? I don't, I'll never amount to that. I'll never be able to get that. I should just call it quits. Like that's obviously like an unhealthy way. Right. But
0: what you just painted a picture of what women are going through on a daily basis. Not to say that men are not going through it as well. They have their own insecurities. And trust me, we talk a lot about those insecurities on this show and we cover those. So two questions then is, one, Mm -hmm. how do you talk to the bitch as a man who is attracted to this person who may have an inner bitch that's going to come out? So how do we like (laughs) fan the fire of the bitch as a man? And two, I love psychology. So how do you use this knowledge to your own benefit as a man mm-hmm. to to know that women are competitive against other women. So,
2: All right, I literally have to put myself in a man's shoes, like for real. Pop your penis on, let's do it. <laughs> yes. Okay, so if I was a guy and I had a bitchy girlfriend or I was dating someone who's bitchy or if someone at work, I would talk her down, not talk down to her, talk her down, talk her down off her ledge. So what does that mean? Like basically speak to her kind of like fisher- her out, see what's bothering her, try to be calm, reply and respond rather than being so reactive. Know that her ugliness is coming from inside and it really has absolutely nothing to do with you or the circumstances that you're involved in. Now, obviously that's much easier said than done, but that way you're gonna be able to kind of get to the core of the problem. And you might find, I would be shocked if you didn't find this out, that the issue itself has something to do with maybe something that's not even going on at work, or it could be something that perhaps she encountered at a job prior or another relationship. There's a client of mine who is a psychologist. She often says, don't punish the one in front of you because of the one behind you. So when you're bitchy to somebody or you're dealing with a bitchy girl and it's like a new relationship or even an older one that now she's settled in and feels comfortable to quote, be herself, you might be getting punished for something that happened to her like several years back. So I think it's important to sort of take it with, some sort of calm and collection and try to get to the meat of the issue. Now, if she's not responsive and she's not being like receptive to that mindset, then you need to walk away. I mean, who wants to deal with the difficult person? I think that's obviously easier said than done in an earlier relationship than a later one. But, you know, people are who they are and that's why they call it dating. I mean, I was once told by an expert that you should really date for one full year experience every season, every holiday, ups and downs and everything in between before you really make a commitment to somebody, whether that be engagement or moving in or whatever it would be, because then you really get to see them for their true self. So sometimes that's letting them be their own bitchiness showing.
0: That's a great explanation. I think that's wonderful. So for some guys who are listening to this thinking like, I don't want to have to deal with a bitch. Like, shouldn't I just walk
2: away from a bitch? What's your response to that? Just walk away from... Well, I think obviously, you don't really care about the girl. or You don't really have a lot invested in the relationship if you're just willing to walk away. So it's possible to be a bitch and also be wonderful. I don't think I'm a bitch. I think I can be a bitch. I don't think I am one. I mean, I know I'm not. I'll take that back. I'm positive. I am not a bitch. If I were, I would think most men probably wouldn't want to be in my company because who wants to be around an unpleasant person? I think that whether you're a bitch, you're a bastard, you're whatever you are, it all comes from things in the past. So I think that we all have to kind of get to the root of the problem so that we can be our best form of ourselves, right? So I think if a guy or a girl are willing to just walk away from somebody and not at least attempt to see what the issue is, then they don't really care that much about the person, number one, or they don't care that much about the relationship. And that's okay too. Maybe they don't want to put the effort into it. And they see there's like a red flag early on and they're like waving in the sunshine. They're like going to walk away because they don't want to deal with the drama. And hey, I have to say, I probably would do the same thing if I didn't know someone that well, because I've had my fair share of drama. Those are perfect answers. So let's rewind this a little bit. What about
0: guys who will approach a girl For the Mm -hmm. first time. So there's no relationship. There's no investment. There's no like, I really like this girl. I'm going to stick it out and just see what's going on. Investigate. Ask her questions. What about in the first interaction? If a girl's being kind of bitchy. So guys call it the bitch shield, right? And there's a test to pass. And we talked about this on my live.
2: I am that way. So I'm smiling. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So can we explain that a little bit? How that kind of bitchiness is a little bit different? And what that bitchiness is used for?
2: Yes. So I don't think I do it intentionally. I think that's the difference between a true bitch versus someone who can be bitchy. Right. (laughs) I think that unless I'm like smitten and they're like the hottest thing since sliced bread, like I think I find them, I don't know, they're just coming out of left field and I'm like engaged in a conversation with like a girlfriend or in the middle of doing some work or something almost like annoying, I guess a little bit. So I might be a little bitchy only because I feel like they're invading my privacy or my space. I don't think I would be rude. I just don't think I would be overly forthcoming to have them feel comfortable to perhaps sit down at a bar next to me. Do you know what I'm saying? So if they find that to be abrasive, then that's fine. And they're weak in my mind, so it wasn't meant to be. I don't think I would necessarily be that way to somebody that, like I say, I was like a media chemistry reaction. I think for me, I would find it sexier and like more appealing if they played along a little bit and like were sarcastic back and just shit back a little because I think that can be quite attractive when, I, when the guy acts that way. Not all the time, but like, right. you but know, we know, the queen of
0: banter below also feels the same way. Like if you're going to dish it out in some way, they have yeah. to be able to give
2: some back. You man, grow some balls. <laughs> okay, so I love that because there's a yeah.
0: difference. You're in a relationship and a girl's being bitchy. Then you check in and see what's going on and you, you kind of like soothe her a little bit, maybe talk to her, not like a child, but really in the way that I talk to my children where you try yeah. to investigate a little bit rather than just defending and snapping back or being
1: reactive.
2: Yes, exactly, Marty. Not in a very calming way yeah. so that you're not getting them more riled up than they perhaps might be. I right. know. Granted, in the, in the scenario I just set up with a random dude walking over to you, and they start, "So what's bothering you?" I think I'd pop him over the head with my oh, beer <laughs> bottle. Exactly. <laughs> like, what me. the hell this is this? Not a therapy session. I'm here for flirting. Yeah, like you're going to leave for me, psychopath. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> so if he can show that he's got some game as well, so can you describe that a little bit more? So it's not being like an asshole back to you. How is it behaving towards you? That would actually intrigue you.
2: Like just a little edge back, or like a little sarcastic comment. For me, I think there's nothing hotter than a guy that has like quick wit. Because I think I have quick wit. Like I can come up with things quickly. Now I can't think of anything, but You're like not right now. But. I can come up right. Okay, okay, I <laughs> any but now okay, when I'm put on the spot. No, but I can come up with comments pretty quickly. I think that's just my personality. I think I've always been that way. So I think when a guy can do it to me. I think it's funny. I like laugh and I think that's attractive. Definitely. So if they can play along and like kind of put me in my place, but not in a rude way, then I would probably be turned on by that for sure. Okay, so I'm going
1: to step in here because this is what I do full-time basically. Okay. Is get guys to kind of ball bust women. And so you have to be in a place where you're first feeling opinionated, where whatever she says, you have a thought about. If you don't have any thoughts about what she's saying, you're just going to be like, ah, and it's going to be really hard to have this kind of ball busty response. Mm -hmm. But if you're really listening to what she says and you're listening to the words and then you're making associations, it's really easy to come up with something fast. So for example, like if a girl said she was a dog mom, it's like, oh, I'm a dog mom. You make associations with mom, quick. Do this like brain scan. So the first thing that comes to my head is that mom's breastfeed. So I would say something like, oh, did you breastfeed? (laughs) To knock her off her path. That's
0: hilarious. That would catch my attention. First of all, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm in love with you now. But I'd be like,
1: what did you just say? That is hilarious. Like you're knocking her off her pedestal of like, oh, well, yeah, I'm dog mom. I'm always my dog. And then you're kind of showing her like, well, you just said it's stupid. It's <laughs> kind of dumb. And I'm going to call it out. And then that shows yeah. this kind of masculinity bad boy energy. Yeah. And it's not that they really want Absolutely. the bad boy. It's that they want the guy that will speak like a bad boy in that sense. Yeah, Well, yeah. I like
2: the bad boy. I mean, no, of course we like the bad boy, but I mean, we don't <gasps> like the guy. I don't like the day. bad boy that's like going to jail, bad boy. Right. But yeah, I mean, yeah, like a guy that's a guy that has a little masculinity. Yeah, it's not that he's doing
0: actual act. Okay, so Mindy, elaborate on this because that's what I was going to go to next. The topic number two is you being single and dating. Because when we were on my live, we talked about you and dating and this guy that had been in your sphere for quite some oh, time. Oh, yeah,
2: that's right. That guy. Oh, my God. Do I have a story? So Oh, tell.
0: And we <laughs> want to hear about
2: the bad boy as well. Well, he's not a bad boy. It's probably why I don't like him. No, he's like the opposite of a bad boy. I actually never went out with him. I was going to take your advice, Marnie. Marnie's told me to give him another chance because I was like on the fence. I wasn't sure. Like, I felt like when we first met, there wasn't really chemistry. But he was very—I don't want to say aggressive—but he was like very, I guess, assertive in the sense that he wanted to have another date. So I want another date. And he was actually nice. He's just like gets on my nerves. Like some of his corniness like comes through in text messages. He texts all the time. Not anymore, but he was like when we were talking and things like that. My advice was
0: to put an end to it—the torture I for him. I yeah, believe it, was it like, wasn't no. my advice to yeah. go out with him again.
2: Like we have have yeah, this nightmare. So I. <laughs> I often would break dates with him. Like, and I wouldn't break dates and tell him, I don't want to go out with you. And I didn't break dates like the day of. I think that would be completely rude, but I would break them a few days before. So he still had obviously time to do something else. Like, things would happen where like a girlfriend or whatever was going to come into town. I would rather do dinner with my friend, or a couple of times I was working on that book I mentioned and I decided I wanted to stay in and write like legitimate things. But obviously, if I was into him, I would have gone out with him. And he was still hanging around and hanging around. I'm like, Oh, God, he just doesn't get a hint. Then I told him I didn't have time to be in a relationship. I was like trying to spare his ego, like that kind of thing. And you're a really nice guy. Let's just be friends, like kind of thing. Then in, I'm a keynote speaker also. So he put me in touch with... It seems fishy now. I'm not sure if it is or not, but it was very bizarre. He put me in touch with somebody from another company who was looking for a keynote speaker for a big conference. So that's happening this fall. and. He like was shady about giving me their information. And then he gave her my information, but she didn't have a voicemail on her phone. And she kept bringing up his name, like how great of a guy he is. And he's a keeper and like all this. Like this is a lot of effort for me. Like I thought that was like really, really, really. (laughs) And then I don't know if we talked about this or not on your show. I don't remember when we recorded it, but like on my show, we did a Valentine's Day episode where... I had a, a girlfriend of mine on and we just talked about the fact that we lean on each other and like other girlfriends and the, the power of women and like the opposite of the bitch that we just cover basically. And somehow flowers came up in conversation. And I was just saying how that's such a great gift. And I rarely get them. Like even when I was in relationships, my husband didn't really send them that often. Like he was generous, but he just didn't do that. And so like for Valentine's Day, he like sent me this big bouquet of flowers and I know it's because he heard my show because he kind of referenced he heard the show before they came. And then he called to see if I could send a picture of them. And then he's like, I know it's a lot for like just two dates. Like a basic, I was like, well, why did you send them then? Like, I just look so, <laughs> I don't know. But so,
0: okay, this is interesting
2: for guys to hear. So basically, this is a long
0: relationship that has a no relationship. Dates.
2: That was zero relationship. Right? Right. So there's a lot of
0: making and breaking dates. There's a lot of
2: exchanges happening. And then there's a grand gesture happening. We met in September and then we ended in February. Right. But we went on
0: two dates. That's a long time. Okay. So what would be your message to guys who are listening if they are on the reverse side of this?
2: Read between the lines. Read between the lines. If she's not going out of her way to go out with you and she's like kind of keeping you, stringing you along. And I wasn't doing it because I was trying to be mean. I feel bad. And I learned my lesson too because now I know I'm just going to cut to the chase. If I don't feel it in my gut, then I'm ending it because it's not really fair to them either. But he also didn't make it easy for me. He was very pushy about even when I told him I wanted to just be friends and he accepted that, like the next morning, he started texting me again about the speaking thing that I was mentioning. It was like whatever he could grasp to keep up communication with me. Right. And you and still he was, communicated back. Yeah. So he's like, "How? Oh, come on, let's just go on one more date. And I'm like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> well, that's interesting. So, Is there anything that this guy could have done to switch it around? Like what was missing? He was too pushy and I just didn't have chemistry with him. No, he's just not for me. He's a nice guy. There's nothing wrong with the guy. He's just not for me. Like I just didn't feel it. I should have trusted my gut the minute I saw him. Like literally, like I met him on our first day. It was a lunch. And the minute I saw, he sat down. I was like, okay, this is just going to be research for the show. It's like too often what I think see to myself when I... Was that because you weren't attracted to him when you met him? Yeah, I just didn't... No, I mean, he's handsome. I just, he's just... I can't explain it. He used to be in news, so he's like very like that old school news look, which I don't find to be attractive. He's handsome, he's just not—he's not, he's not your type. Me. No, he's not my type. Exactly, that's right. And he also doesn't have this crazy edge, and he's not cool. Like he was very like kind of oh my god, I don't need to be mean, but he was just kind of corny in a lot of his expressions. He thought he was really funny, but he was kind of like I don't know, nerdy a little bit, I guess. But that could be for, that could be somebody else's taste, right? Yeah, yeah. why did you keep him there? I didn't. I just didn't want to hurt his feelings. And I figured he lived in New York and I live here part-time. So I wasn't here a whole bunch. And then in the middle of that, I think I had surgery. There were some reasons. And then it was the holidays and I started working on my book. So there was just a lot of that. I wasn't trying to like carry him through. I never reached out to him. He always reached out to me and I often would just reply to be kind like I would send him back like a one answer you actually corrected me on that because you're like that in that mind the guy's like oh yeah he wrote me back or pretty sure it was you that was saying that Yes, absolutely I'm like oh you gave the addict his drug right right and in my head I'm thinking I'm just being polite by not basically ignoring him but in reality I should have just said from the earlier on I'm not interested, but I guess I thought maybe because he was so nice and he seemed to really like me and then sometimes I can be, it takes me a while to warm up to someone sometimes. Were there ever thoughts in your head of,
0: oh, well, maybe this could be somebody, like as you're kind of rejecting him, were there ever wavering thoughts for
2: you? Not in the end. In the end, I was wanted to kill him. So <laughs> not literally, but... <laughs> right, no, but at the end, you're like, come on. I've been in the same situation as well. Yeah, in the middle, I thought maybe... I didn't think he was going to be the one I was marrying. But, oh, another thing that kept me giving him more chances was like, at one point, my sister was in town and... He was texting me when I was with her and we were sitting in like an Uber or something. So she wasn't like looking at my phone, but we were like smooshed up against each other. So she saw and she's like, oh, and he wrote something about how he was taking his kid like he played soccer with. He coaches his son's soccer team or something. And she's like, oh my God, he sounds like a really nice guy. You really should give him another chance. Because I think I was saying that I wasn't like interested in him. And then I was like, all right, <laughs> maybe you're right. It's like one of those on paper. You always like look at the paper and think, "Wow, well, what's wrong with me that I don't like, like them? But sometimes there's no rhyme or reason why you're attracted to people. And I think that's important for us to keep in mind too, because it helps with rejection. I mean, I've certainly gotten my fair share of rejection and I'm like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Like, like I'm like this, I'm that, I'm successful, I'm like driven, I'm really nice and fun and like easygoing and blah, 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 and independent. I don't need a guy to take care of me, like whatever. But it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just sometimes it's just not a fit. It's nothing to do with you. It's just the way life is, So,
0: Would you have offered some advice for him on things to alter that may be better for other women? Like you talk to a lot of women. So were there yeah. things for him to potentially shift? Or was it really just it didn't mesh with you and it wasn't your taste?
2: I think if he played it cooler and he was like more aloof, I probably would have been more attracted to him. I don't know if it would have been a fit and I don't know if it would have turned into anything more than maybe a third or fourth date, but he would have had a third or fourth date if he wasn't so like aggressive. He was like desperate, basically, like he seemed to be.
0: Yeah, that's what it sounds like. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with Mindy Barnett, who is the host of the Race for the Ring podcast. And we're going to talk about racing for the ring when we get back. So see you in a minute. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting, or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod flirty and you'll find out all about it. All right, we are back with Mindy from Race for the Ring podcast and we're going to talk about racing for the ring. We covered the first two topics in the first half of the show. And I want to hear about racing for the ring. Like, Why do women race for the ring? What does that mean? Why are you helping them race for the ring?
2: <laughs> because I like bling. Don't you? Right. No. The ring is like it's a symbol. It could be anything. It's more of like an expression. So it could serve as in a relationship or perhaps your engagement ring. But it could also serve, and for me, it was like self-love and just believing in yourself and like finding who you are, like racing for whatever your identity is and to feel comfortable in your own skin. I think that you absolutely must love yourself before you can give to another person. And I was married and I loved my ex-husband. I don't know if I was ever fully in love with him, truthfully, but I definitely loved him and I love him today. But I'm a totally different woman now than I was back then. And it's not just because I'm like, obviously older and wiser because I've gone through experiences. I am much more independent. I know what I want. I definitely respect myself and I do appreciate the time that I have alone. Whereas before, I think I would have felt bad the fact that I spend a lot of time by myself. I value that now also because I have two kids and they kind of suck up my time when (laughs) I'm alone. (laughs) My peace and my, like any kind of quiet that exists in my life, but. I definitely do enjoy it. I don't mind the nights that I don't go out. I look forward to those types of times and things like that. So it really can be anything. I'm just trying... My show is basically it's entertainment, right? Because we talk about fun stories and craziness that happens out in the dating world. But we also enlighten and we have experts on on occasion. And even when we don't, we reference like research and literature and so forth. So we're bringing some information to the table that's of use and not just a fun, engaging stories. And then we also like work towards like basically people like feeling comfortable with themselves. I mean, dating's tough. It's hard if you're young and you're just getting into it because I can't even imagine being a 20-something like first time around going into the dating pool now versus like someone like myself who's been married with children. I want to have a partner and I want to be in a relationship, but I don't necessarily feel... Pressure in the sense I already have kids and I don't intend to have more kids, so there's a lot of that. When I feel like we're comfortable with our lives the way they are and we're fine to be just enjoying our present, whatever that present might look like, whether you're single or you're in a relationship and you want more but that your partner's not ready or whatever it may be, just to kind of accept where you are and be okay with that, I think is like essentially the quote ring to answer your question. I love that.
0: I think that's wonderful.
2: What is the biggest thing that
0: you hear from the women? that listen to your podcast? Like, are there complaints about men? Are there frustrations about men? Are there confusions about men? Are there... Because I, for me, Race for the Ring, really, I apologize for not knowing more about the podcast. I thought it was all about like, okay, how do we get a guy to marry us? So that's actually what I thought race for the ring was. Well, it can so, be.
2: And that's really why I named it that because I know it gives the illusion of that. And it is a little bit of that. I mean, you, right? You're saying, you're saying like, don't race for the ring, get to
0: know yourself better first, which I think right. is really, really good.
2: Right. But we also talk about like dating smartly and and how to avoid red flags. And so you eventually can find the one to give you the ring quicker than like going through all this red tape to get to that point. So it can definitely be that too. You're not wrong to think that. I think to answer your question about what do I hear from women, so many things. Like it really depends. Right now, being that fact that we're still kind of dealing with COVID, a lot of what we talk about is the fact that it's very hard to date right now. In fact, next week, I'm doing an episode and we're calling it hangry. Like basically people that aren't having sex because they're not like in relationships and they they don't want to just hop in a bed because of COVID basically still being a factor, certainly. So, there's a lot of frustration, I think, with men and women who are trying to date somewhat smarter in the sense that they're being careful because of their health and like their loved ones' health and things like that. I think that a lot of people are frustrated with the apps. That's not new. But I think because we're relying on the apps today more than ever because of COVID and because bars aren't really open in most parts of the U.S. and you can't just like walk in and start hanging out without a mask on and seeing what people look like and things like that. I think that you're relying on the apps to actually have some sort of connection. So I think that people are frustrated because it's hard and it's work and it's not like you're going to just click with somebody. And I mean, that's awesome if that happens like that. It does happen for sure. But it's like you have to go through a lot. I always say you have to kiss a lot of frogs to get to the prince. And I, for one, don't have a lot of time to kiss those frogs. Like I'm so busy. I barely have time to brush my hair. (laughs) Look at me right now. So that's like a frustration. But then how are you going to meet people if you don't put the time in, right? And then the other part is like, people aren't really who they say they are. So they're on the app. They're saying they're X, Y, or Z. Their pictures aren't the same. And then they're going and they're meeting and they're wasting their time and they're frustrated about that. Or I find that maybe it's because of my age, I attract a lot of married men or men that are in relationships. And I don't want that. I know,
0: Kristen's nodding her head. Yes, okay.
2: Yes, I think a lot of married men want me to be their lover. Like they want me to be their kept girl. Well, I've said that being in your mid-30s or your later 30s is like sharks. I'm 47.
1: Yeah, oh, i 47. Yeah, <laughs> you do not look forty-seven. Oh my
2: god, I literally thought you were in your mid-thirties. So did I? Oh, you're so sweet, but oh. no. I'm, so that makes it even worse because I'm in my I'm like forty-seven. So who am I getting? But it's hard because I don't want any more kids. So like the guys I find attractive are like thirty-five and they want to get married and baby. Like I don't want any more kids.
1: Right. So then the
2: guys my age or older. Not all of them, and I know I sound like the bitch that we just talked about a little bit ago, but like they're You're just not being honest. That's great what's... looking. They're like balding, and they have their teeth aren't straight anymore, and they have a belly, and like I don't want that either. So then I get the hot guy, and he's like, Mary. So where do I go? Well,
1: married guys, they're like sharks, and we're the tadpoles. There's something about women 35 to like 45, even mm-hmm. 47 that are so attractive. We're just like a hunting ground for them. I Mm -hmm. didn't realize that, that I was prey. I almost felt like prey for married men. How often are you getting approached by married men, Kristen? It's been like probably three to four times Mm -hmm. where I didn't really realize they were. And then all of a sudden it was a quick realization. And these are people that I've met in person. These aren't guys on dating apps that are fishing around.
2: Same. The people I'm like involved with with work or friends. You get blindsided. Yeah. (laughs) It's really upsetting, but then you also have to go,
1: oh my God, well, if I get married, am I then going to be the woman that is being Mm -hmm. cheated on? Because so many guys do this. It's really mind blowing. That's crazy.
2: A lot of guys do, but not all. I don't know what they do. I know why one of the guys is pursuing, because I don't think he wants to get divorced for financial reasons. I think he's just not happy, but he's not getting divorced. And I don't want to be the other woman. And like, a, don't want to do that to his wife, but B... I also want more than just that. Like right in this moment, in this time, I'll be honest, dead honest, it's fine for me. I would be fine to be like in like a hookup relationship and had time here and there because that's really all I kind of have time to give. Although I would make time for someone, but like that would be perfectly fine for me. But I don't want that in three or four years from now. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. taking that other person out of the picture, the other girl, I would feel bad about that. Like let's just say whatever. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's craziness. Like that happens all the time. Like interesting. What? <laughs> <laughs> why don't you think I deserve to be girl number one like that's so annoying don't you find it? Well, well he is he's saying you're gonna be my number one mistress
0: <laughs> it's very flattering right very, exactly yes you should be complimented by that that's very interesting Kristen I did not know that that you had that many experiences with it nor yeah. did I know that this was like such a common thing this is very new information for me Okay, yeah. well, so most of the guys who are listening to the show are not in that situation. They are awesome, great guys who are not married and looking. So for these guys who are listening, and you said online is like the number one way to meet people right now. Mindy. I think so, yeah. What are you needing to see online when a guy comes up on your screen? What are you looking for in that picture, in that profile, in that
2: first message? Okay, so this is kind of... I thought it was funny though. So like in one of the guys I matched with, in his little bio, he wrote like sort of some of the lyrics to that What's that song, the Pina Colada song. I forget the real name Pina of it. Like you know, Pina Colada. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like getting caught in the rain. You <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny because it's like basically a wanted essentially yeah. on, a, on an app. So I replied back to him and I like finished the lyrics. And so we were talking. That was kind of cool, I thought. Because it was not necessarily clever, but it was unique that he did that. I've never seen something like that before. It caught your attention and got you to respond back. Yeah, exactly. It was cute. He was also cute. Then I read into a little bit more about what he did and who he was and stuff like that. I think my biggest pet peeve about the apps is the fact that... like, I'm going... For instance, I'll give you a quick example. I'm going back and forth with this guy right now who we've matched before and like nothing came of it because like you talk and then it just dwindles away. So I probably just unmatched him because I was like, I didn't want people on my feet or whatever that weren't going anywhere. So then we matched again a couple years later because he is still cute. All those pictures are exactly the same. So who knows what he really looks like. <laughs> I mean, my pictures are different than they were a few years ago. But anyway, and now he's talking to me about the podcast. Like he's like, oh, I really want to have a dating podcast. Somehow that came up a conversation on the, in the chat. And I'm like, oh, it's funny you should say that I have one. And I was telling him, he's asking me all these questions about my podcast. And I'm like, dude, like, why don't you ask me something about me? So then he just asked me something about like, what I guess pros and cons are of online dating during COVID. I haven't responded to that yet because it's going to take like, more than a second to reply. But overall, like, it's just like ongoing nonsense conversation that I'm engaging in too. But like, I don't know. And I guess it's... But it's not selling you. No, it's not. And it's also not going anywhere. So what would go somewhere? Like to say, like ask me like some personal, not dirty ones, but just some personal questions about me personally. So they could get to know me a little bit. Maybe ask to do like a video call. I've been told that that's probably like the best thing to do because so much of what you're doing right now is online. So you're not wasting your time going on a date for an in-person Like, obviously, you need to see them in person to know if there's a real connection, but at least you can see them on a video call and know if you're mildly attracted to them or not. So something like that, just something or more than just like... What would something personal look like? So like, tell me an example of a personal
0: question he could ask, because I've seen that as well. And I'm sure Kristen's seen it too in lots of people's correspondence that she works with.
2: Just ask me maybe like, how long were you married? Oh, really? So you'd be fine with that? Yeah. Why didn't it work out? Or how many relationships have you been in since you were married? How many serious relationships do you want to get married again? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Like just stuff like that to see if you're all like your stars align a little bit. Obviously, your plans can change. But I can tell you where I see myself in 10 years right now. And if someone doesn't like see themselves in anywhere near that, then we're not going to be a fit. You know what I'm saying? So stuff like that. And I know, in all honesty, for the guys listening, I could say it to them, but I'm like that old school romantic girl, believe it or not. And I sort of like the guy to take the lead a little bit. And then I definitely will go along with them when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: Kristen, how about you? So I know that you've seen lots of conversations getting stuck in this like middle space where it's just fluff. That's really Mm -hmm. what it is that Mindy's talking about is just fluffy conversations. What do you advise guys to do so that they get into a deeper conversation that maybe isn't too deep right off the bat or too intrusive? Like, how do you advise?
1: So if you're going to be in like the middle of a conversation, essentially between a date, Mindy, are you talking about like you guys are waiting for a date to be planned or you're just kind of just chatting?
2: Well, we're chatting. And then like the next step would be to say, hey, can we meet up or... Okay, so that's taking a while to happen basically. Yeah, yeah. Not with all of them, but that's my biggest pet peeve.
1: Yeah. So putting stuff out there that's more interactive with somebody. So if it's you going to the grocery store and there's a really long line, like taking a picture and being like, ah, I'm not going to survive it. My high heels are too high today. Like I can't stand this long stuff like that where you're showing pieces and glimpses of your world. So it's still kind of fluff, but you're showing someone's world and getting them, I think, more intrigued because you're sharing pieces of what you're seeing during the day. And then another thing is like, if you find something that you're watching and you're like, oh my God, this is hilarious, send them a link to it. Start being more interactive. So it's actually, you're like pulling from your everyday life and showing Mm -hmm. them that you're doing that. And then it becomes like this mutual exchange, hopefully, of like, Oh my God, I love that show. Here's this one I'm watching, blah, blah, blah. So you're learning stuff about each other, getting a little bit more interactive. But the guy has to go for the date. You don't want to send stuff like that for weeks. Right. So yeah, you have to do it earlier where you're not giving yourself time to get into this blah stage. This is for the guys, like asking for the date when things are going great in the conversation. Go out on top and use your momentum so that you don't have to get to that fizzled phase. And what I just recommended is what I usually recommend for waiting for the date to happen. So it's like if you meet on Monday on the dating app and then your date's set up for Saturday, it's like, what do we text in
2: between? Yes, thank you for saying that because I can take it even a step further. Sometimes I meet and then my date can't be set up for two weeks later. And then some of my girlfriends are like, stop talking to them. Like you're wasting all your time. Like you may not even like them, but I'm like, well, if I stop talking to them, like I'm not going to go on the date. Yeah. We're gonna like forget about each other. You like fizzle out. Yeah. All right. So go ahead. I'm very curious to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah. So usually what I recommend
1: is setting up the date for the next day or in two days, if possible. And obviously people's schedules won't always permit, but if you can figure out a date that fits into someone's schedule, so if it's just meeting for coffee on a lunch break the next day or two days later you're going to be way better off and you're not going to give yourself that time to fizzle out.
2: Okay. That's good advice. Okay. My issue is that I go back and forth between two cities. So sometimes it's I'm physically not in one of the cities for a while. But no, that makes sense. Totally what you're saying. Go ahead. But when that is the case and you're in New York and they're in Philly,
1: doing that more interactive texting where you're showing each other your Mm -hmm. world is Mm -hmm. a good way to just build that kind of connection essentially of like Mm -hmm. I know this person so I have less willingness to just let them go because now they're a human they're not just a profile on a website like now I see their world they're a person
2: yeah no that makes perfect sense it's so funny you should say that because I often don't consider them like (laughs) really
1: people no and that's why ghosts don't seem
2: like they're legit no i know i mean they're just kind of there but it's like they're just
0: airy people they exist in some like alternate universe and they're not real until you see them in front of you that's true i totally get that that makes sense all right we're gonna wrap up our show now but mindy this has been absolutely amazing so mindy again is the host of the race for the ring podcast she is also the author of you don't need to be a bitch to be a boss which i think is absolutely amazing Thank you so much for coming on to our show. And thank you again for just being you and just being honest. I think this you gave really helpful information to our guys out there. And Kristen, you are amazing as always. You are a wonderful banter expert. And I know that this is going to come out way later than our actual date of this happening. But Kristen has a banter masterclass coming up with me. And it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. I have heard a lot of the content and it sounds like it's going to be absolutely amazing, which I did not doubt that it was going to be, but I think it's going to be better. I did. You did. I know you did the whole time. <laughs> through. It's going to be better than what we expected. So anybody who does want a copy of that Banter Masterclass, it's going to be available for a short period after we do the Masterclass live. And I'll make a link right now. So winggirlmethod.com slash Banter Masterclass and you can get it there. So hopefully it is still up by the time that this episode gets released. You guys are amazing. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please do not go and download individual episodes. Go and subscribe to our show. Share it with your friends and enjoy it as much as we enjoy doing it. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week.